Welcome to the Fraudian Slip, the Identity Theft Resource Center's podcast where we talk about all things identity compromise, crime, and fraud that impact people and businesses. I'm James Lee, the COO of the ITRC, and thanks for joining us today as we talk about one of the hottest topics with perhaps the least amount of understanding of any issue that gets discussed today. Well, and just about everywhere. Cryptocurrency. Digital currency is simultaneously fringe and mainstream, complicated and simple, highly secure yet open to fraud. It can send government regulators diving for their anti-acids unless you're in El Salvador or the Marshall Islands that use cryptocurrency as their official sovereign legal tender. While crypto is the darling of the investment world, it also attracts unwanted attention from cyber criminals. The ITRC has already received in 2022 nearly as many contacts from victims of cryptocurrency-related identity scams as we saw in all of 2021. We're in the early days of cryptocurrency becoming part of the mainstream, which means the amount of fraud is only likely to rise over time. One of the main reasons cybercriminals are able to commit identity and financial fraud related to digital currencies is there is as much or more misinformation as there is accurate information. Here to help change that is Seth Sattler, co-founder of the Cryptocurrency Compliance Cooperative, a collaborative association that advocates for universally accepted compliance standards within the cash-to-cryptocurrency industry. And we're also joined by the ITRC's own CEO, Eva Velasquez. Thanks to both of you for being here today. Yeah, thank you. Really, really appreciate you having me on today and excited for the conversation. Happy to be here, James. Well, it's going to be quite the conversation because this is one of the hottest topics around, clearly. Um, Probably should start, though, with a little bit of a primer. So, Seth, tell us a little about your organization, and then let's move, if you would, into what exactly are we talking about with digital currency or cryptocurrency and and, and things of that nature? Yeah, that is definitely the the question of the hour, month, year, uh, just kind of what crypto is. So just background, I'm the executive director of the Cryptocurrency Compliance Cooperative. Uh, and also the chief compliance officer for Digital Mint, which is a Bitcoin ATM company. Uh, the compliance cooperative is really just an organic forum to get as many voices in the room as we can to better an industry. So you always see on the news, uh, unfortunately, about all the nefarious use cases with crypto, all the scams, all the dark marketplaces, all of that. And really what we wanted to do was get the voices in the room that could kind of work together to address those issues. And it, it's been amazing to see. Um, so we have everything from blockchain forensics companies to law enforcement to cryptocurrency companies um, just working together to try to address uh, how to better detect illicit activity, how to prevent scam victims from falling victim. Um, and on top of that, we've been very, very fortunate to partner with some fantastic organizations uh, to help really get the information out there and keep the narrative moving in the right direction. Um, But yeah, so one of the things we do focus on is, we're not going to say destroying preconceived notions, but really addressing the things that come about when the question of what cryptocurrency is, is asked. Um, And it's important to note that crypto, kind of what crypto was five years ago, isn't what it is today. So there's everything from your normal 
I guess, newsworthy Bitcoin and Ethereum to NFTs, which are the hot rage um, right now to the quote-unquote meme coins of Dogecoin and Shiba Inu. Um, And really, it's just important to note that when people say cryptocurrency, they could be talking about really any of those different things. Um, But the thing to note for this is, first thing you always want to kind of address is it's a completely online currency. There's no physical attributes. It is virtual in nature and by name. Um, So it exists online. Whether whatever protocol you're using, Ethereum, Bitcoin is completely online and digital. Um, It's also not untraceable, which is the other one I hear a lot. So there are companies out there um, without naming names of all of them, but that their entire business model is tracing cryptocurrency through the blockchain to see what exchanges it touched, what jurisdiction is that, even what the crypto was used for. Um, so when people say it's completely anonymous and completely untraceable, it's not necessarily the case. Um, and even for the public domain, it's on a public ledger. So you might not know who sent money where, but you'll definitely know where money went from wallet one to wallet two to wallet three and so on. Um, and the last one is it's unregulated and we'll say wild west. Um, throughout this conversation, there will definitely be points where that, that narrative comes up where there is a wild west aspect of it. But if you're selling cryptocurrency in the United States, you're a regulated exchange or a regulated VASP, uh, I guess the proper definition, which basically means you have to abide by certain laws and regulations that tell you to know who your customers are. To that require you to look for nefarious activity, report uh, transactions to law enforcement, um, and then participate in certain aspects of the financial ecosystem that other sectors of the industry also have to participate in. So um, it's definitely not as wild west as it once was, which I think is important to note. When people, when they think they know something about crypto or or, or they've heard something about it, it does tend to be something on the, it's on, the, on the more negative side. Or it's, you know, you're talking about blockchain, which most people don't understand, or it's it's some sort of fraud. Eva, bring you into the conversation because that's how the ITRC tends to run up against this topic is someone has been scammed in some way um, and oftentimes increasingly so, uh, it has something to do with crypto. Whether it actually does or not, it's a different issue, but the, the, they talk about it when the scammers are trying to get people to uh, to give them money or give them information. That's one of the hooks they use. Well, as you know, in our call center, we're, we're talking to victims every day. So we are hearing about these trends and we've certainly seen the conversation shift when it comes to the payment method of choice and the dollars that are being lost using crypto as that fraud payment method, we're hearing from victims. And interestingly, uh, the Consumer Sentinel Network from the, the data book from the Federal Trade Commission, it was released yesterday. And because of all of our communication with victims and just listening to what they were telling us, we put out one of our predictions that cryptocurrency was going to eclipse all of the other uh, fraud report payment methods captured by the by the FTC. And boy, oh boy, I hate it when we're right, but we were right. Um, now, the, the overall number 
of reports using that method is still pretty low. It's uh, just shy of 40,000 reports. But the dollar losses on these events, $750 million just in cryptocurrency, you guys. It, and that's behind only bank transfer or bank payment, which was 756. So this method, the fraudsters using this method, it is extremely lucrative for them. And it's the consumers and the victims that are calling us because they're the ones that are out these dollars and they have no way to recoup them. So I was absolutely stunned with those statistics. And I, I thought you guys, I'm not sure if you've been able to read the book yet or not, but I thought you guys would find that just uh, both disheartening, but also um, um, amazing and interesting. Seth, I guess for, for somebody who doesn't really know much about it, they just heard the term, you know, the value of, of, of cryptocurrency fluctuates much like a stock fluctuates, right? You know, there are legitimate uses for cryptocurrency, but how yeah. how would you explain that to somebody that it's really it's really a good thing it's not all it's not all bad yeah absolutely and that that's always something we hear especially in my role i i do the compliance and aml side of a cryptocurrency company and i operate a working group around the nefarious use cases of crypto but i wouldn't be in this industry if i thought there wasn't any legitimate purpose um and when it comes to the investment side there's the old kind of saying of when do you know crypto has been adopted and it's when one bitcoin's worth one bitcoin it's not being compared to a fiat currency i think we're still pretty far off from that um but with the commercials you see on tv like the adoptions hang in the right direction more and more major institutions are kind of taking a watchful eye of what cryptocurrency can do for the financial system, not only in the U.S., but globally. So when it comes to the gym uses, I mean, the investment side is definitely there. Um, and we, without, you know, like, I will never give anyone investment advice, but everyone has that story of, well, in 2015, if only I put X number of dollars into filling currency here, um, there, there are those stories of people that saw the market moving and saw cryptocurrency getting more use cases put funds in and were able to profit substantially off of kind of that speculation. But on top of that, like you see different use cases almost every day. So when it comes to payment, um, certain companies out there are creating specific credit cards that you can spend your crypto or you can receive rewards points in crypto. What that really does is it converts your run of the mill investment product into almost a secondary savings account that it's speculative. You're not always going to see interest going up, but like you can spend it as if it was normal currency. Um, you have it where, what I think Tesla periodically says that you can use it for, to purchase cars there. Um, it's also a great remittance platform. Um, sending money from here to anywhere in the world is as easy as just about copying and pasting a QR code. Um, and primarily it's paying on kind of the mining fees and the gas fees for the protocol, um, without getting too technical, it, it sometimes is a cheaper and faster way to send money, um, and large amounts of money. So I expect there to be businesses and institutions that start taking advantage of that. Um, and then yeah, like every day 
you, you'll see new and new things come out on the blockchain protocol. So, or on different protocols on the blockchain. So whether it's NFTs and people being able to buy kind of their, or put stake into something they enjoy, like basketball and Top Shot, or whether it's um, like a Dallas, like a group of people trying to pull their money together to purchase a large item. Uh, I mean, the most hyperbolic example is the group that tried to buy the Constitution a few months ago. Um, you're seeing new and unique ways to use crypto, and it's exciting to watch um, and definitely definitely cool to be a part of. Um, but there, there's, when there's good value to something, there's always going to be people that exploit it, um, and that's the unfortunate thing with such a kind of substantially impressive technology like cryptocurrency. Well, Eva, that's your cue. Um, because <laughs> whatever, whenever there's large sums of money, there's always somebody there trying to, to gain access to it and not in a legitimate way. Um, why do people, why do people fall for these kinds of scams that we're seeing and we're hearing about what, what is it that makes this kind of thing in particular so attractive to people that they want to believe it's true? Well, to Seth's point about adoption rates and about how the how useful the, those legitimate uses are, and it has simply become cryptocurrency has become more ubiquitous, and it's a part of our lexicon now. Whereas a couple of years ago, it was still still kind of fringy. People, there were still people that. You you know you'd say Bitcoin or crypto and they go I don't even know what that is that's really not the case most people have heard of it they know such a thing exists and they know that there are some legitimate uses for it so when they get into a situation where they're talking to one of these scammers who's really good at social engineering and there's so much of that going on right now um, the 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 scammers are just so good at making the processes sound legitimate. There's a lot of confusion out there. And so when they get someone on the phone, they get someone on the line saying, oh, we have this either, maybe it's a grant, maybe it's a it, some other type of opportunity, maybe it's a romance scam. And they can talk them through the process of, oh, this is how you set up that wallet. It's really easy. Let me get you started. And, and that's when they can talk people into transferring those dollars. But I think, the, or those coins, I, I think the reason that it's seeing such astronomical fraud rates right now is because we've hit that tipping point where enough people know that there is such a thing, there is such an animal, it exists, it's real, it's not a fringy thing, um, and it's it's available. People can gain access to it. So I think these numbers are going to just continue to, to increase, unfortunately. Seth, you talked a minute ago about some of the popular myths around cryptocurrency. Um, what is it somebody if, should be looking for? What should they be listening for? What's the cue that somebody is trying to use them as a victim of, make them a victim of fraud? And, yeah, and, I think Eva yeah. really hit it with kind of that question like so when it comes to um like how people become victims of fraud it it plays right into the fact that there's so many use cases out there i just talked about remittance and investment all these great use cases 
when there's so many use cases, it's not hard to convince someone that this obscure use case that they're kind of suggesting fits into one of those models. So like ages ago, it was pretty well known that if you were, someone was telling you it's cheaper to buy real estate in crypto like that, that was a heavy red flag for fraud and still to some degree is, but there's companies out there now that are trying to create escrow accounts for real estate purchases around crypto. Um, when it comes to remittance, it's a great tool to get funds overseas or to loved ones um, in theory and in kind of practice, but that also allows romance scam victims or romance scam scammers to say, well, yeah, if you want to send me money, crypto is the easiest way to do it. So it every legitimate use case kind of has its other side of the coin. So when it comes to f- narrowing down on does this sound right? I mean, things to keep in mind. Um, cryptocurrency, like I said, it in order for it to function in kind of its holistic capacity, it needs some network connection. So oftentimes we see when it comes to romance scam victims, I need to send money to my loved one overseas because they their phone can't access their bank account. They don't have internet connection to get to their Chase account. They've been locked out um or fill in kind of whatever story you want here well if they can't get internet to access their chase account or they can't get the web connection to do a zoom call they're they're also not going to have much use for their crypto it's just going to stay in the wallet and they're not going to be able to really move it without having that internet connection um and then also all these companies that are using it for payment i mean the list goes on and on like all these major tech companies and payment processors are allowing you to use crypto, but it's it's not still like the primary method. So when it's I need to buy a plane or a flight home for my husband uh, that I met only online outside the typical romance scam um, aspects, like purchasing a flight in crypto is oftentimes much more expensive than purchasing one in typical fiat or like US dollars. And also it's astronomically easier just to go on kayak or expedia and just buy that person <laughs> a flight that is for you to send them crypto them to convert the crypto to local denominations and for them to use that money for a flight um so you always see that and then when it comes to investment and I, I say this with like kind of the grain of salt of like crypto is a speculative investment at its finest like you've seen the price go volatile or be volatile for ages now. Um, but you always see the news kind of shows up where it's uh, so-and-so Discord channel or Reddit thread found coin uh, coin spikes 10,000%, person becomes a millionaire, or Dogecoin's going to a dollar, or whatever kind of headline you see. Um, and I feel like that really got people to believe that like social media and crypto have a weird marriage between like social media influence and the price of a coin. Um, and what this allows scammers to take over Instagram accounts and take over Facebook accounts and say, look, uh, I'm your best friend's best friend. And um, I, I just put $500 into this crypto fund and I made $10,000. You could do the same. Um, and the scam victims, unfortunately see, Social media, crypto, people make a lot of money. So in their mind, they were just reached out on social media about buying crypto. They also could make a lot of money. Um, not realizing that 
a lot of times the social media aspect of it is a large group of either investors or experts in the field, or at least people with some background knowledge in the topic getting together and trying to formulate a plan and not just someone reaching out randomly on Instagram. Um, but when you get to these investment sites, best thing to know is it's, it's impossible to guarantee returns. So if a website is saying, we will promise you 50% returns on investment every day or every month, it, that, this is not a promise that an investment company could make. Um, so oh, never, uh, never trust a site that can promise returns unless it's a small like 1% interest on crypto inside of an account. Um, but if they're promising 20, 30% returns like that, that just cannot happen. Um, and then also like you'll, you'll know legitimate cryptocurrency sites kind of when you see them. So they're not FX trading dot uh, They're not some <laughs> site that's only hosted yeah. in Malta um, and has the address of a postal box there. They're a registered company where you can look up their registration. They have employees on LinkedIn. They have, news articles talking about their strategy um on they have a super bowl commercial with matt damon in it like you'll you'll see it um and you'll know what a legitimate crypto company looks like versus one that is kind of offering you unlimited money uh based on a instagram referral i guess i need to not go uh, call that company in the caymans hold on just a second <laughs> um my uh my favorite thing to tell people and I will I will say this because it's the easiest way to find a fraud site. Um, every fraud site has some description on it that is just way too many words for that to be a real description of something. Um, just copy that into Google or copy the address into Google and then just in quotes put crypto and you'll just see dozens of sites that are basically spoofed off of each other because they're being shut down so much. So it'll be like the same 50 word description of an investment site or like used on a fake investment site will be used on five other investment sites at the same address with the same logo, just slightly different names. So if you ever want to just go hunting for fake investment sites, that's uh, my favorite way to do it. Um, Eva, I'm going to give you the last word. Um, if somebody finds themselves the victim of one of these cryptocurrency scams, what should they do? Well, and hopefully if they find themselves just having these offers, because I really want people to reach out and get help before they make some kind of commitment or take some kind of action. But the bottom line is, folks, uh, the Identity Theft Resource Center has a, a contact center with advisors who can help you to figure out what offers are legitimate and what aren't. If something's a scam, we can help you figure that out. So we want people to reach out to us and they can call us at our toll-free number. They can live chat with an advisor and ask questions. This is a really complicated space and we don't expect everybody to have a level of expertise in, in every area. I mean, you don't, if you broke your leg, you wouldn't uh, go out and expect yourself to set the bone uh, all by yourself, you'd go to a doctor and get, you know, medical advice and medical help. So we just want folks when they're presented with these either opportunities or information or situations to reach out and not be ashamed or embarrassed. And then of course, 
James, to your point, if you have discovered that you've been a victim, please do reach out to an advisor. The, the caveat is that generally speaking, we cannot and really no one can help you recover those funds. But there are things that we can help you do as far as reporting, um, making sure that your other identity credentials are um, not at future risk for other types of scams, fraud, or identity crimes. So there are things that can be done. But just, again, don't be embarrassed or ashamed. Reach out for help. Ask the right questions. And, and hopefully um, learn something new and, and learn how to minimize your risk of falling for one of these scams. Yeah, I can chime in real quick because Eva, Eva did make a very good point. Um, and it's important. It is important to note that when crypto is sent, it, it can't really be clawed back. Um, once it's in a wallet, really the only way to get out of that out, out of that wallet is for the owner to send it back. So it is very important for individuals to know there are resources out there and to use those resources before they ever send the money um, because there are obvious like, consequences if you uh, send it to the wrong place. So yeah, it is important to note that resources do exist and crypto companies are there to help and yeah don't be ashamed or afraid to reach out to them well seth thank you so much for joining us today eva it is always a pleasure during these conversations so thank both of you very much yeah thank you for having me it was a pleasure oh i'm so glad we covered this topic i hope uh people learned a lot i know i always do you can learn more about the work of the cryptocurrency compliance cooperative by visiting their website, crypto3c.org. That's crypto, number three, letter C, dot org. If you think you've been the victim of an identity scam or want to avoid becoming a victim, you can speak with an expert advisor on the phone, chat live on the web, or send us an email at the ITRC during our normal business hours. Just visit idtheftcenter.org to get started. Be sure to join us next week for our sister podcast, The Weekly Breach Breakdown. Until then, thanks for listening.